Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Mad Men Recap. I am your host, Paul. We're coming to you high atop the Brooklyn studios in beautiful Brooklyn, New York. As always, and forever, I have the number one co-host in the business with me tonight, Dr. John in Columbus, Ohio. How are you, Dr. John? I'm pretty excited. Are you pretty excited? This this was a, uh, I'll say it, this was a hell of an episode, John. Had a lot going on. My goodness. Uh, I The, the pro- proliferation of the French... Because here's the thing, I and I know I, I know we have uh, Canadian listeners, and maybe they can help me out with this. But are, are these are these two overly French? Actually, I don't know if you caught that tweet, but yes, they are uh, our our French Canadian uh, Twitter follower during our live tweets on Sunday nights made the comment that their accents were French, but they were not French Canadian. And I, I actually tend to agree, as someone who is around a lot of hockey players. Yeah, that did not sound. They were just French. They were just straight, French. Straight up and out, John. Anyway, right. uh, if, you're, if you're listening to our show for the first time and you're a little confused, um, my, my name again is Paul, and if you're French, stop listening. We do not like the French on this show, John. We have not given a reason. Um, probably uh, the fact that uh, they hate America. John, this episode is called At the Cadfish Ball. That's right. Do you, do you like how I threw a little Boston there? How you threw a little what? Cad. Oh, oh, uh, very nice. Yes. You didn't catch that? Nope. I think we should do real ridiculous accents the entire show, John. And what would you be going with? Well, I could try to do a French accent the whole show. No, you couldn't. Uh, could, what, what would you try to do? Uh, Boston. Oh no, that's just a, that's a, that's just annoying. Oh, really? And you not doing the French would be annoying. I could do I could do a French accent. Uh, it would it would kind of sound like this. That that wasn't too bad. That wasn't French at all. I'm sorry. No. That was horrible. I like. <laughs> there's only a few words I say in my French accent. One of them is hamburger. Yep. Hot dog. Now, <laughs> now that's it's pretty terrible. Now you may not have learned how to do a French accent, but what did you learn? Oh. Sorry, John, are you pushing the show forward? Uh, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, many of you sent in uh, three, three to six to 15 things that you've learned. Um, I learned three, uh, and I'm going to share them with you right now. I think, I think uh, this first one is something we all uh, learned, and I, I think can just uh, even put into action in our lives right now, John. If you're lonely, get a cat. Then 13, year, 13 years later, get another one. 13 years after that, John, get one more, and then you're done. Lonely no more. (laughs) As you're no longer alive. Indeed. John, number two. Breaking Bluto's ankle gets you out of child prison. Yeah, you know, did you feel bad for her? Not really. Uh, No, I don't. She was drunk. That's the thing, John. She would have seen (laughs) what she was doing. I mean, if she could see past her old lady fat stomach. Um, she would have been able to see uh, the phone cord there and wouldn't have tripped over it and broke, broken her uh, clearly uh, osteoporosis ankles. Well done. You're welcome. Number three, John. Manhattan's a dirty city. I should know this. I should. I don't. You work uh, there. My God. Yes. I, I, I spend quite a, bit of, quite a bit of my awake hours in Manhattan. It is filthy. Uh, now, I don't often run into what Sally ran into um, in this episode, 
Um, but I, 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 I have heard stories. Oh, you just heard stories. I have. There was an office. There was an office party at my office once, and my good buddy who used to work at my office um, ran into um, exactly what uh, Sally Draper <laughs> ran into. So I want you to know, folks, it happens. You know what? The world's not a pretty place. <laughs> well, I'm glad. I'm glad you learned that. <laughs> John, you sound you sound very subdued tonight. What? No, I I am just anxious to get into the episode. I'm not, John. Here's the thing. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring the I'm gonna bring the listeners into our relationship a little bit. As many of you know, John and I are brothers. And uh, for the for the 31 years I've known John, um, he has never once admitted to being tired. Uh, like a lot of times. Uh, you know, his eyes would be closing when we were kids. I'd say, oh, John, you're, you're looking tired. No, no, I'm good. I'm good. Um, uh, tonight is one of those nights. When we got on the Skype, I said to John, you sound tired. He's like, long pause. No, I'm all right. John, are you tired? I'm ready to go. Okay. I, I think you're making the listeners tired, and they're getting upset with you. <laughs> they are. I'm sure, I'm sure there's a listener out there being like, why am I listening to this damn show? John, at the Codfish Ball, put me in, put me in there. So, well, we don't start at the ball. Uh, we start with a ball. We start with hey, a couple yeah. of young guys playing ball in a hallway. You're like, what is this? Some kind of college dorm? No, thanks to the gratuitous placement of a sweatshirt, we know that we are at the Hodgkiss Boarding School, which is still a real boarding school of 600 students in Lakeville, <laughs> Salisbury, Connecticut, which is about two hours north of Rye. So that's where Sally is. Okay. And we find out that Big Glenn is at this boarding school John. studying for trig. John, tomfoolery in the hallway here. Not not only is there trash everywhere, but they've got lacrosse sticks, but they're playing with a soccer ball. Now that's just creativity. Okay, I'll take that. Anyways, we see we see Glenn. We see him take off a helmet. We see Glenn. Glenn has Glenn has grown. He has. He's a bit older and a bit creepier. <laughs> I mean, really? it, it, there was there was only one way to go, and that was creepier. Apparently, uh, we, 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 we get a phone call. Uh, the other kid finally answers it after what? A thousand rings. It was, it was starting to get on my nerves. Um, but, uh, the other guy answers it, says, Hey Glenn, it's your dad. When Glenn answers the phone, who could it be? It's Sally Draper, John. Now, how did, I want to hear Sally's dad impression. Oh yeah. She probably just, uh, speaks uh, through a, yeah. <laughs> is Glenn there? I don't think so. Oh, do you yeah, think little, she has one of those voice modulators that she puts up against her neck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, she's she's very technologically advanced. Yes, but we find you know we find out that the that you know Glenn and her have been in contact. That uh, apparently Glenn had a, a, a some kind of a relationship, like a girlfriend yeah. type of thing. I don't and, know how that's possible, right? But apparently it happened. Uh, and they're just kind of talking as friends. Uh, we find you know they're really cutting Sally out of this uh, season pretty well. Not Sally, Betty. Oh, I did it. Yeah. Oh, my God, Oh, my gosh. You should have to drink a bottle of booze now. Because (laughs) if I had one within arm's length, I would have that down. John never makes a mistake. That hadn't happened. Oh, this is a red-letter day for Paul. (laughs) I hope you you can take some some, uh, measure of comfort in that. Uh, Folks, I believe that was at um, 7 minutes and 27 seconds. If you just want to rewind and listen to it again, (laughs) that's what I'll be doing. But, uh, so... You know, Betty has been really cut out. You know, we find out that she's off to Michigan with the governor. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, she's just outside of, uh, you know, the one fat episode. It's 
not been much Betty to talk about. Thank God. And I, yeah, I don't know that it's any worse for the wear with that. I tell you what, we've got one listener who's going through Betty with monster withdrawal, which I don't understand. I don't either. I, I swear, either. there's a, there's a tweet every Sunday that's like, "Come on, rolling the dice for Betty." I don't I don't want to do that. No, but as soon as we find out what's going on, uh, we <laughs> officially known Bluto. Walks and trips right over the phone cord, which she didn't see, as you pointed out so eloquently. Yeah. Is complaining of a lot of pain. Sally takes charge. Was Bluto not the name of the guy in um, Animal House? It was, but I think this predates Animal House. Are we we calling Henry Francis' mom the Belushi? No. John Belushi? Bluto. No one's doing that. Okay. Okay, I'm sorry. Moving on. And so uh, so she's hurt. Sally takes control. Uh, Bobby, once again, looks right in the camera. There's no way this could last <laughs> for this season. <laughs> I mean, at some point, you want to cut them a break because they're kids. And at another point, just terrible. Um, Daddy, I didn't see it. Yeah. yeah oh, it's, that's it's wonderful. It's pretty bad. That's and, wonderful. <laughs> and then we go, we go to the hallway. Don is helping some... Frenchmen, you know, at some point, at one point, I really thought Don was just taking in some kind of uh, vagrant and helping him out before I realized this was Megan's father. I'm going to jump ahead. This guy's a real turd. Yep. Oh, my God. And he's a communist. And he's French. Wait, is it going to stop? What no. is what going to stop? Just the, this, this guy's turdiness. <laughs> we, find, we find out that uh, he is indeed um, Megan's uh f- father he is he is some type of scholar we find out that he's got a meeting with publishers he's he's a he's he's a book writer of sorts john yes yes and we we see immediately now you made some comments about the actress here the actress that plays the mother i think kate made that comment she is um, the actress that was in sabrina okay apparently okay kate's favorite movie for those of you that uh, were were wondering <laughs> oh, by the way, Kate is not with us tonight. Um, she's actually in the other room right now. She did not feel like being on the show. So sorry, everybody. <laughs> but at least we got that little insight into her life and Sabrina. <laughs> uh, but we see immediately there's tension between mom and dad. Uh, well, here's you know. the thing. Are they divorced or something? Because why is she there before he got there? Well, I think it's one of those things where she just, you know, Headed straight upstairs as the men negotiated the bags, maybe. Uh, it kind of felt like she had been there. A little bit. She's got her drink in hand and is yeah. reclining. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're, they're, they already, um, you know, they share barbs with each other. Uh, as far as you know, he tells her to get a drink and become nice again. Uh, they have to be told to speak English in front of Don because he's looking uh, very confused. Isn't that the worst when people start speaking another language in front of you? It is, it is. I actually come across this most days. Uh, it's awful. It, it is. is awful. Because uh, I, I, you, you know they're calling you stupid. Well, well I try sense. not to think about that. Oh, really? That's all I can oh. think about. I'm neurotic, folks, in case you hadn't noticed. <laughs> well, because we get a lot of patients that only either speak uh, uh, Spanish or... Uh, or French? Uh, Somali. Oh, Huge sure. Somali population in Columbus. Oh, really? I'm not, even, I'm not kidding. I'm it's sure a, a lot of them listen to our show. Probably. Hey, all Somali folks. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. Sally calls, updates Don on, on what's going on. And uh, we get to see... Now, this was kind of neat. So we move out of Don's apartment for just a minute. We see Roger and Mona. 
I know it. It doesn't everybody love Mona? Come, come on. And she, I thought she was looking great. She looked. She always looked great. Yes, but uh, you know they're having a conversation. Apparently, a uh, an uncle had recently passed away, and they were they were I guess talking about that. Um, she he, she's trying to figure out why he's so relaxed as as far as the relationship getting broken up, and he relays his life changing. He's really focused on this trip of his. Life-changing, life-altering experience. Apparently, John, it is a great time. Apparently. But, uh, you know, he went, goes on and says, look, you know, Lucky Strike left me. They left me with nothing. I want to try and get back in the game. Gives Mona a list of some names of members of the American Cancer Society board who are honoring Don with an award for that beautiful letter he wrote last season. Okay. And uh, and he wants no, her... No, is it, is it for the letter he wrote or is it for the work they did for the... American Cancer Society. No, it's for the letter. Are you sure? Yeah. Listeners, does anybody want to get on my side here? Am- amazing. I heard nothing. Correct. Um, so, yeah. But uh, but so he wants to get back in the game. He wants a meeting with Firestone. Um, he wants to learn more about these people. And he wants her to help. And she um, she agrees after this nice little conversation. Do you know says, why she agrees, John? Because he is still supporting them. Well, yeah. That's probably mainly it. But she uh, having this conversation... Uh, he admits that he blew his life up. Right. So he admits he's wrong. And he kind of admitted that, uh, or she was able to, to get from him, that he didn't leave her uh, because she was old. She left her. He left her because he was old. Well, that's, what she, that's what she says, but yeah. I, I think, I think that, that's kind of true. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Moving As, on then. Yes, back, back to the French world. A lot of subtitles. Did you get a headache? Uh, I, I couldn't you, read I any that of them, John. Right. But they, uh, you know, again, very, very kind of biting conversation. At least it sounded biting because it was in French. Oh, indeed. And, uh, you know, he, uh, apparently we, we'll find this out in a little bit, that her father is a socialist, communist type, not really a fan of the opulence of the money. And this is uh, this, the crux of their conversation. Thankfully, Don comes in with the kids to spare us any more Here's uh, the thing. francophone arguing. What kind of colossal jackass would not be happy to see their daughter living in a double-door apartment in Manhattan. I'm sorry. And they don't rent it, John. They don't lease it. They own it. Yeah, he bought it. He bought it. He bought it. And I guess, you know, the answer to your question would be this kind of person. A Marxist? Yes. Oh, my God. You pinko commie. Anyway. (laughs) So they they come in. Uh, Megan has made spaghetti specific for the kids, so they wouldn't have to What a great lady. And uh, we'll find out, I guess, how in, inspiring this uh, that event is. I can't uh, eat spaghetti without getting inspired. You can't, huh? I can't. It's just it's what happens to me. It does a lot to people. You know, it's the action, it's the twirling, it's the sloppiness, it's the sauce. And then right after the spaghetti is brought out, uh, mom runs off to bed. So you know she's why? She's tired. I don't know why. Too much to drink, John. That's what I was thinking. Because she oh, just yeah. she's out like a light. She still has the lit cigarette in hand. Hey, John, that's not safe. No, no. This is how fire starts. This that's is how exactly people get how hurt. Exactly how fire start. You know, thank God Megan went in there to uh, uh, make sure she found her way to bed all right. Because uh, she would have set the whole building on fire. Now you got to feel bad for Don though, because he's left there with Karl Marx, and uh, it looked a bit uncomfortable. Yep. Pretty much. And the thing is, is that no matter how many kind of like uh, things that Don says that Karl Marx is a little impressed by, he still hates him. 
Right. Well, and, and, and Don realizes that. Yeah, there's no, there, there's no way past this guy. And so we get, to, we get out of the apartment. We move on to the next day. We're in the office. Oh, yeah. And we see, uh, we say Abe. They're okay. at the office with Peggy and the boys. Yeah. And uh, Abe's a little uncomfortable. They're talking shop. They're talking work. And then they start talking uh, more about Peggy specifically, if you will, as a boob-carrying consumer. Way to go, Stan. Right? That's a pretty good line on Stan's part. He, he always had, he, at least once an episode, Stan has a great line. Well done, sir. But I think, you know, it, it kind of points out just Abe's discomfort, not only uh, constant work talk, but uh, maybe a little too personal talk about uh, his girl. Yeah. And he kind of he kind of bolts out, and Stan makes a comment, you know, he's, he's too good looking for you. And, now, this uh, is the thing, John. Yeah. I was so certain. I'm just going to kind of jump ahead here. I was so certain Abe was going to break up with her this episode. Oh, I, I didn't think I, so. I lost, I lost $100. Oh, yeah. Wow. Big, well, we usually take bets on the show, but yeah. I, the thing I is, is I was I was convinced because like last episode they got in a big fight. She's giving hand jobs to guys on the street. You got uh, it seems like they're never happy. Well, I, but it's you know I think it came across as he's much more you know invested in this. He he agreed to come all the way up to her place at midnight. You know after when she called him. But then, uh, then you go to the office, and all the other guys at the office are talking about your girlfriend's boobs, and they're all laughing about it. Yeah. And everybody seems cool with it, John. I don't know if I like that. But he never found out about the hand job because she washed her hands. Okay. okay. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, he does abruptly leave. Uh, this is our only bit of Ginzo uh, this episode, which is always a shame. The more Ginzo we can get, the better. His tie, of course, is one of my favorites. I will be. Uh, I'll be picking one of those up along with that shirt. Good God! It's like getting. It's like every time you see Ginzo, it's like a slap in the face. You know what I mean? Or no, it's like a slap in the eyeballs. <laughs> it's like somebody slapping you in your eyes. It's amazing, and I love it. Uh, we then go back to uh, uh, Don's place. Now, John, what book is he reading? You know, I, I've been looking at this a bunch of times, and I haven't been able to to slow it down and get the fixer picture quite right so i don't it looks know like what fixer yeah, it does yeah. it does look like fixer huh so well here you you start talking about the scene and i'll look up fixer oh okay that sounds great so uh they're uh, they're talking about you know later you know what's going on now that the parents are here um don was saying that you know i'm El- emil e-m-i-l-e there we go emil would take the kids outside seeing tomorrow and then that the parents would watch the kids at the awards din- during the awards dinner and Megan's like, what are you talking about? They came down to see you get the award. Um, you know, why don't we have, you know, why don't we get the sitter and they can come see the awards? And, uh, you know, Don's like, look, no matter what I do, he's never going to like me. I'm not going to impress your dad. That's just kind of how he is. And, uh, you know, Megan's says that she's the favorite and, you know, also talks about her mom and uh, being competitive it's like, you know, mom touched you six times. Don's like, ah, I'm just, isn't that a French thing? No, but, that, uh, I'll tell you what, Megan's mom is a bit of a tart. I'm not going to lie. No, no, I, yeah, I think we, we see that a little later. That, uh, that woman has, uh, has a spark, if you will. <laughs> a very youthful exuberance. Mm-hmm. So uh, The Fixer is a novel by, uh, by some dude published in 1966. <laughs> It won, 
won, won the U.S. National Book Award for Fiction and the Pulitzer Prize for Fiction. The Fixer provides a fictional version of the of a Belize B E I L I S Belize case. Okay. Uh, it, it it was it was a Jew unjustly imprisoned uh, in Russia. The Belize trial in 1913 caused an international uproar, and Russian Russia backed down in the face of world indignation. Fascinating. So a a a, a Jewish unjustly imprisoned in Russia. Sixty six uh, publication. Yeah. Are you gonna you gonna read that this week? I've already read it, John. Oh, boring. <laughs> but you know, I think this uh, this kind of leads us into our big epiphany for the episode. Megan comes into the office. Don's trying to teach himself a little French so he can keep up or at least learn the French word for stupid when they use it on him. <laughs> or jackass. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Megan comes in. She's like, "I got an idea," and launches into her idea, sparked by the spaghetti the night before, furthered along during her shower time. That she wants to do, you know, from prehistoric times to the future, mom serving child baked beans. That, she, did this sound like a good idea when she explained it? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, again, because we, we've seen the other stuff. You know, we've seen the dancing beans. We've seen the campfire with the kids in the beans. They're talking about doing a cannonball thing. You know, I think compared to all of that, this is genius. I guess so. All right. Um, and so... He, she explains it. She gives the tagline in you know, Heinz Bean, something's never changed. He loves it and calls in the boys. Let's get it changed up. You know, big, big moment. Um, while this is happening, we see that Abe, in fact, calls Peggy at work, says, look, we got to meet for dinner. And this is where I think that you all, in fact, thought it's over. This is it. Oh, my God. This it's was, all done. This was totally it. You know, and Abe's, you know, Abe's in the phone booth. He's got the leather jacket on, which is making him sweat. And, By the way, uh, why does he always have to have a leather jacket? Always. He always has a leather jacket and a turtleneck on. Always. Always, This guy always. is so cold. And uh, and then the, the boys come in a little frustrated at the extra work, but uh, agree that it is a better uh, idea than what they had. But Peggy, completely spaced, doesn't know what to do. And this is, you know, I think um, I, I watched kind of a little five-minute behind-the-scenes thing on iTunes, and, you know, what the actress was saying is this is kind of the big juxtaposition. Peggy's very hard-nosed, very demanding, very knowledgeable in her job, but when you get into the personal world, she's very anxiety-ridden, she's very unsure, and that's what really comes out here. You know, she kind of begs to talk to Joan, um, who then offers her own advice, saying, look, you know, men don't take the initiative to end things. In fact, be ready for a proposal. And Peggy takes that to heart, gets excited, goes shopping, right? Yeah. So, no, I'm sorry. I, I, I know that the Manetta Tavern is still in New York. Yeah. And I was, just, I was just looking up because I've been past it. Oh, yeah. And I was just looking it up to make sure that... Uh, no, it's great. The, the menu is not so bad. It's $17 hamburger, but the rest of the entrees are like in the 20s. Is there on McDougal between Bleecker and 3rd? Yeah. yeah. Now, here's the thing, though. In about the Manetta Tavern, it says it moved to New York. It, it was originally in London and moved to New York City in 1975, John. Hey, oh man! Oh. Wait, now hold on, hold on. No, this is Keith McNally was born in London. So maybe this is about somebody else. Oh. Anyway, yeah. you don't want to be continue. calling out Matt, man. He I know. I'm homework. sure they've got it. I'm sure they've. I'm sure they've done it right, and I've done this wrong, of course. 
Sorry, but, uh, moving on. That's all right. You know, and so uh, we, we talk a little bit more uh, about the beans with Don and Megan kind of talking about setting up the shots. And then Roger walks in, and Roger says how he's planning to work. You know, he, he's going to get names at the dinners. He's going to work this, treat this as being lowered into a gold mine, wants to bring his pick and <laughs> take a chunk home. Hey, man. Um, you know, Don doesn't know if it's that kind of a dinner. Roger's like, are you kidding me? And so, you know, we're, they're setting this up as this is a big work opportunity. You know, this is more business. Uh, it's just boys. a big opportunity opportunity. Yeah, big right. business opportunity. You've got to love that Roger has really gotten on his game. I don't think we've ever seen Roger work this hard. No, no, you're right. And he's getting names. He's figuring stuff out. He's got an approach. He's all. He's ready. Right. He's primed for success, John. Absolutely. As it were. Um, we then, uh, can I move on to the next scene, if you might mind? Yeah, no, we're, we're now at Mineta's. No, we're now, did, we didn't talk about Peggy at, in Joan's office, did we? Yeah, we did. Did I totally, did I totally miss, I totally missed that, John. I was looking at the Mineta Tavern. Oh, now we're there. did miss We're that. at the Mineta Tavern. I'm sorry. But John, she is convinced that he is going to ask her to marry her. Yeah, and I, she bought a dress to match that conviction. By the way. Uh, not a big fan. I don't nope. think any of us were a big fan of this dress. No, that, Listen, that, that bow seems to be in the wrong place. Exactly, ladies. Don't just tie bows around yourselves. <laughs> like, that's not... Listen, no one's going to ask you to marry them with a bow tied around yourself. And, in fact, Abe doesn't. Maybe she was thinking, hey, Abe loves Christmas presents. You know, he's Jewish. He didn't get a lot of those. Yeah, surprise. I'm going to wrap myself up like a gift. <laughs> Maybe that was it. I don't know, John. I'm not a... I'm, you know, I don't, I don't write the show. And the way I, Abe, the way Abe sets this uh, this moment up, you know, she really, really thinks this is coming. The whole, he, you know, he, we really he, like each other. He does uh, seem very nervous. He's, yeah, he's nervous. He's perspiring. Can I he, make my point here? Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't mean, I don't mean to cut you off. No problem. But um, my, my thing is this. Now, we saw in the last episode where uh, Peggy has really kind of grown a pair, if you know what I'm saying. Meaning that she can really lay it down when she's disappointed or mad or angry about something, right? Yeah. We've, see, we've seen her do this. Now, don't you think uh, that, I mean, clearly when Abe asks, instead of to get married, that they should move in together? Right. Um, uh, she's, she's upset, right? Because, right. listen, listen, you know, it, 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 I mean, it's, you know, this, here, here's what I'm, this is what I'm saying. Uh, n- nowadays, moving in with, uh, with uh, uh, a, a, uh, a, a serious romantic friend uh is is commonplace john am i right yeah uh now i believe in the 1960s it it was not as commonplace now i was not alive in the 1960s but i think we can all agree i agree okay uh so here's what i'm saying peggy strong-headed i believe uh the real peggy the real pegasus when he said let's move in together would have been like what's that Huh? No, but I think that's I think that's the thing. Number one, she didn't know exactly how to react because she's never been in this situation. And number two, you know, this is way outside of her comfort zone. You know, she's comfortable being around the work environment. You know, the client, Don, that type of she's tough interaction. Man. I don't this think is, so. This is not something that she is comfortable with. I don't think she would have let this. Plus, no, I mean, I what are you going to do? You're just going to like throw some kind of ultimatum right back at him? Yeah. I mean, clearly, this took a lot for him to. Ask this. Hey, Bucko. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna. You need to. You need to put up or shut up, pal. I'm not just. I'm not just gonna uh, hang out until you're ready to uh, to put a ring on it, as it were. 
And so we head on into the Time Life building. We get to the restaurant. Have you ever been up there to that restaurant, the Time Life building, Paul? I go every day for lunch, John. Every day. It looks like a beautiful view. Oh, it's amazing. I've never been. Well, apparently our friends, Ray and Alice Geiger, always wanted to go up there. Oh, Uh, yeah. But they're acting a little funny. So these are our Heinz folks. These are the Heinz people we've been working with. The Beans guy. This guy, his life is Beans. I call him Mr. Hamface. And so we're there with Cynthia and Ken, as well as, of course, Don and Megan. And they're acting a little funny, a little jumpy. And uh, Alice runs off to the powder room. The ladies go with her. And we wait, wait, see... can I can I say something? Yeah. Do you think it was really weird that Megan was, like, slouching in her chair the whole time? No, that's the French posture. Like, she is kicking back, man. Oh, yeah. She's very saying. relaxed. It seemed, it seemed, yeah, she looked a little too relaxed. And anyway, I'm sorry. So they, they, we go into the ladies' room, which is allowed because this is television. Mm-hmm. And we see uh, Alice come up to Megan and, and just kind of give her the great big, you know, sob story. Like, oh, you're so wonderful. You're so great. I really hope we can still be friends. You're really good for that, man. Yeah. I didn't want to like you. Right. Because you're so just, pretty. You know, and I guess you, you have to know that she knows that Megan's part of the company. It's not that she's just his wife, you know. So this. You see, you I know. don't think she knows that. I think she's very much in the mindset of, uh, you know, a lady has her place. I see. Oh, yeah. So, so that, you know, that, that may have uh, then clouded her judgment with letting her know this kind of information. So, you know, she comes in. She delivers the news very deftly to Don, and Don Don gets like the, uh, the Satan look on his face, and is just gonna blow it. He's just gonna blow up, start yelling. He gets at rage Mr. face. Mr. Hines, he does. He gets rage face. Rage face. Puts in an order for a dessert wine bottle, and uh, and Megan really great. You know, makes a smooth move, as they say, and guides him into the pitch. The pitch. Uh, it- he does a great job doing the whole kind of rework, uh, or do just yeah, pre- pretty much telling um, Hamface uh, uh, the whole Megan idea of uh, beans throughout time, John, and how some things never change. He does a great job. Uh, Mr. Hamface comes up with the idea to uh, could the could the mother and the child be the same people all the way through? We what? Yeah, yeah. That could that, work. That made it, that that made him happy, Mister Hamface. And then it would literally uh, just uh, just a matter of time until uh, you know he showed his cards and you know was was happy with it. Uh, one thing I loved is when Ken uh, said, "Should we be doing this right now?" Um, Don shot him a look as if he would rip his face off with only his eyes, right, and throw it out the window, and, I and mean, it possibly was... throw it at the window. That's true. Because those windows don't open, John. I eat there for lunch every day. (laughs) But, uh, you know, he does a great sell. Uh, Mr. Hines, Mr. Geiger says, you know, that's uh, that's all I ever wanted was the future. And uh, they decide to turn the wine into champagne, which is also still French. Big French theme throughout the entire thing. God. Um, I know. But uh, so we... um, we see the success. This is a big success. Huge success. Hey, we just sold. We just, we just rescued an account from the depths of defeat. We just signed, you know, business. It could turn into bigger business. Who knows? Yeah. And Don and Megan, they pile into the cab all over each other. Let's How exciting. How exciting. On. Exactly. And uh, they, they realize it's a full boat at the apartment. As it were. Back to the Time Life building. Okay. 
Fair enough. And uh, you ever now apparently we find out that Don lives at 72nd and Park Street. Uh, you ever make it up to that neck of the woods? I don't want to go up that high. I, uh, I, 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 I work in the 50s, and that's high enough. I mean, you've got the, the park, though. What's that? 77. I mean, he's not right. He, yeah. No, I was just thinking, you know, the only, the only good part about further uptown is that at least, you know, you've got Central Park there. Um, but then uh, for him, he's still, he's still what, like two avenues over from Central Park, I think. So, I mean, it's not that awesome. But his apartment <laughs> is awesome. And he, as his I haven't mentioned awesome. yet, he has double doors and a conversation pit. So okay, I'd take I would take it over the place I have now. <laughs> anyway, but so we we get back to the office. It's the next day. Uh, people are celebrating. You know, Joan, Joan and Peggy um, chat a little bit in their uh-huh. little kitchenette area, and Joan notices no ring. And you know, are you are you not in the mood for celebrating? What's going on? Peggy tells her, not sure how she's going to react. Joan, uh, wonderfully, very positive, very, very graciously, upbeat. very gracious. Yes. Yes, really compliments her, says it's wonderful, it's romantic, and uh, yeah, you I think not, it really makes Peggy feel better. Do you not love the relationship that these two ladies have, John? It, it is very unique It feeling. reminds me of our relationship. Is that who's, weird? Who's Joan? I think you might be Joan. Oh, stop it. No, I think you're Joan. I mean, yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> Here's the thing. Um... Why? Why is Peggy wearing a Dowinger Countess hat? I mean, I was that, 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 too. Hat, that hat is helping no one. No. Did she I mean, find that outside? Clearly, it's you know, it's fall. It's you know, we have a chill in the air. But Does, I mean, here's the thing: Does that hat says that hat says no one wants to marry me? Oh, oh. Is that was that was that too soon? No. Yeah, she probably traded the dressing for it. Oh my God! It's a shame. I'm. You know what? If Joan was a real friend, she would have ripped that hat off her head. <laughs> That's what real friends do, am I right, Joan? John? God, Jesus. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. I'm, that's going to be tough now. So now we make it into... Now, now the episode starts getting weird. We get, <laughs> Does it? Just now? Just now. Okay. We, we get into the office, and we, you know, this is like this is a big-time party. You know, everybody, everybody's in, engaged and enthralled in this story and how it went and that yeah. they got the account. Champagne. And, uh, you know... Crane chimes in with a, a great little douchey line. It's like, dude, you weren't even there. Yeah, um, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Crane is telling people how it went down, uh, right. which which I don't like. The thing is, though, John, um, after that jackass wrote in and said that I sound like Crane. Right. The jackass. Actually, you've, you've had three people. Three more people have written in saying that they can see it. And I say to you, three people, <laughs> I think you know where this is. I think you know where this is headed. I want, I want all three of you, along with the guy who wrote it originally, to stop listening to our show. Not cool, guys. Not cool. I think I've made it known that I think Crane is the douchiest character on the show. And then to tell me, anyway. You done? No, I'm not. Okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you move on. All right. So, but okay. So the weird part is, you know, big, big celebration, and from the outset, from the first camera angle, they make Megan seem uncomfortable. You know, more than demure, more than trying to deflect praise or credit, just mm. really not in any way embracing this moment. And uh, Peggy, as if you didn't pick up on that enough in there, when she walks out, you know, Peggy hits us over the face with it, you know, saying, "How are you not jumping up and down? Yeah. Do you do you have baseball in Canada?" Hilarious. Um, Hilarious. Oh, that was pretty funny. 
and uh, you know, and she's like, "Look, this is as good as this job gets." And uh, I thought that was a great scene because it is, you know, this is the highest of highs in this profession, and it's not, you know, it's not doing much for Megan. Here's the thing, John. Yeah. Um, man, I lost my train of thought. No problem. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. All right. Go ahead. But you know, so I, I think we and and we'll you know again once again get just kind of smacked around with this towards the end of the episode at dinner. But you know, we're seeing that this is in fact not for her. This is mm. not her life, uh, which which is what I don't get because just last episode she was complaining to Don about not being able to like. Work. I don't I don't know if that's it. Here's the thing. I I, I, I want to say this. Um, I got my train of thought back. Uh, earlier in the episode, when she went in and pitched that to Don, and everyone decided to get excited about it, I said, "Peggy is going to be PO'd about this, John." And I just want to say, it is amazing how much grace Peggy handled this with. She, I feel like she was genuinely excited for Megan, which is great, right? Yeah, yeah. But I don't know if Megan's kind of bashful unexcitement is because she's not feeling it. I don't no, that, know. that's exactly what it is. You think so? Yes, and the the reason I can see you making that point if it wasn't for the end of the episode. I, no, 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 I know it's plainly written on the wall. Right. Don't get me wrong, but everybody likes to be have a, a, a certain amount of success in their life. Who who doesn't get excited about success? Who doesn't get excited when they're good at something? Right. Right. Have you have you ever in your life been good at something and then was like, I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not gonna do this. I was just telling, I was just telling a story. I actually met a guy, a guy that graduated from our high school, came okay. and talked to us when I was there. He played NBA basketball. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, for for several years, and he hated it. Uh, you know, and that's one of those things. He was good enough to get a professional job as a basketball player, but he hated it. You know, he was simply doing it to accrue enough money so he could go do what he wanted to do, which was child psychology. Um, you know, so I think that does exist uh, in many All places. Right. Here's the thing: I would just like to be good at something. Uh, I would be, I would, I would be so happy. I don't understand this. I can't fathom this. Well, that's that's okay. Uh, I'm sorry. When no, you know, when when you find out what you're good at, yeah, let I'm us gonna know. Hate it. I'm gonna hate it. You might I'm not like s- it. So that I can be cool, I'm gonna hate it. But so we, we uh, you know, we leave the office, we get home, we see Emil writing, we get uh, Bobby, number, what, five, uh, is getting ink all over the carpet, God trying to uh, load the fountain pen. I love that, when he was like, thanks, thanks, yeah. Emil. Yeah, that was, that was Thanks, pal. Uh, the girls walk in, there was a big shopping trip, we got a bunch of boxes, they're turning, they're slowly turning Sally French, yeah, and she stupid. says the whole papa, papa asks to come to dinner, and... Uh, and they, then it just here's the thing. Gets out they of hand. couldn't. They couldn't have taught her a French word. That, that is a French word. No, no, that's not French enough. Okay. She well, didn't sound. She didn't sound like a jackass when it came out of her mouth. I mean, she kind of did, but she didn't sound like she was a jackass who thinks they're better than you, which would be the requirement for sounding French. <laughs> but uh, you know, Don says that's okay, and then you know, there's this big argument, this big dust up. Uh, the the wife says yeah, every daughter should see her father succeed emil loses it because apparently what we find out he had just kind of gotten roundly rejected by his publisher was upset and instead of taking his anxiety to his wife he calls up his most recent graduate student claudette Uh-oh. and was crying to her marie caught him and this is what we get what is it about being a professor that apparently makes uh, college girls love you 
Is it the uh, the power thing? Do, uh, is is the, it the is it the patches that are on your suit jacket? The experience you bring to the world. Is it the ability to smoke a pipe? The the, the you know the, just the knowledge that you've gleaned from years of teaching young nubile minds. Is it the attitude that you know more? I think we've posed a lot of good questions, folks. If you want to write in with your <laughs> thoughts on this, I, I'll I'll read them. Moving on. But uh, yeah, so they, they storm out, big fight, and uh, Megan's obviously a distraught. And like, well, this is what they do. Do it Here's all the, the thing, time. If they do this all the time, what's the big deal? Well, I guess you know nobody nobody likes to be around that kind of drama constantly. Okay. All right. Fair enough. And Fair uh, enough. speaking of drama, we oh, move. Oh my! Here's right? the thing. This this scene. I'm sorry, John. Blows my mind. Now, how 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 did how did Peggy not see this coming? Oh, she did. I think she did. Why uh, even? Why even? I don't we know. Do, I, we do find out for sure that Abe is Jewish and loves ham. Yeah, that seemed to go over real well with a lot of the viewers. Folks, the scene we're talking about is when uh, Peggy and Abe have her mother over, who we haven't seen in like a season. Yeah, no. She, she still Abe, looks great, by Kathy the way. Kathy Olsen, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, uh, they uh, when, when she comes in, uh, Abe tells her that... Uh, 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 Peggy made a ham, his favorite, and uh, m- uh, Mama Olson is a little confused by this. Not a big, uh, not a big surprise to be a little confused. So we, Mama we, Olson also a fan of highly complicated and fragile desserts. Apparently, <laughs> she brings we, over the what's called an impossible cake. <laughs> <laughs> but we we uh, we get away from Peggy for just a minute. We head back over to the apartment. We see Roger showing up. Apparently, he will be going with the group. To the dinner, the banquet, oh, the gala, if you will. And uh, the, apparently the flirting begins immediately between Roger and Marie. She is a firecracker, John. Don't Megan get me wrong here. Megan even shakes her head at it. And oh, yeah. she is uh, saying stuff to Roger about his bow tie and so forth and so on. You look uh, as if you, know. you were born in a bow tie. And you know, Roger can't help the fact that his charm switch is stuck on broken to on. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness! Did you have that written down? I did, but I had crossed some stuff out, so it didn't come off because smooth. I loved but, it. Uh, Don't get me wrong; I think our <laughs> listeners will also enjoy that. I would rewind and listen to that again. But we see we see Sally come out, and she's got on uh, apparently a, a French a space suit. Dress. Uh, exactly, some kind of futuristic, very glistening, almost uh, reflective outfit with. Uh, with uh, giant boots. Go-go boots, you might mate. say. Go-go, yeah, go-go. Uh, Don puts the kibosh on the boots and the makeup right away. Well done, Don. And uh, Mio gets, I guess, the line of the uh, episode out. You know, seeing uh, the little girl all growing up. What, what, uh, something to the effect of, you know, you can't stop it. Someday she will spread her legs and fly away. My God, I would hit him square in the face right there. I, I actually was surprised he didn't have a more violent reaction. Roger, un, you know, surprisingly went ahead and laughed. I, I, uh, yeah, I probably would have put a Roger. Megan too, makes the, uh, the little correction. Good God, who says things like that? Oh, I don't know, a Marxist? Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we're all the same, aren't we, pal? So we're all dressed up. We're ready to go when we show up at the ball, we, the American Cancer Association's gala. I feel and like I, I feel like what's, what's great in there is when, when, when they walk into the ball... Uh, little Sally Draper says, uh, well, where's the, where's the, like, the beautiful staircase? That's right, folks. Balls in real life. Oh, my goodness. I'm sorry. (laughs) 
Balls in real life. Not that spectacular. <laughs> Did you have that one written down? No, that, that, was, a, that was completely an accident. Uh, anyway. Well, what, what a happy accident. Uh, but uh, we, see, we see Pete Campbell has made a little cameo here. Comes up and uh, to take Don away. Roger gets a nice little jab in. Here comes Prince Charming. No, nope. wait. Now the guy that the guy that uh, Don uh, uh, and Megan and uh, Pete go up to initially. Now is that is that Ken Cosgrove's father-in-law? Father. Yes. Okay, that's the father-in-law. Man, right. he's kind of a dick. Yeah. And by the way, too much tannin, pal. Melanoma is knocking at your door. Yeah, it wasn't really a big concern back then. Wait, what people didn't get skin cancer back then? Not. <laughs> People weren't quite as aware of it. Oh, well, he, he, well, he's going to pay the price, John. <laughs> but that, you know, so that, yeah, you're right. That was, and we had actually been talking about this character in the past. Um, as far as, remember, they tried to pressure Ken into setting up a meeting. Mm, mm-hmm. And um, he wouldn't do it. And so they thought that this was kind of a more formal way to get this in. Yeah. You know, get this this meeting. Uh, now, why on. wouldn't why wouldn't they uh, ask ask Ken to attend? Like it seems like a great in for things instead of Pete, who sucks. Except for the folks. Well, I don't think Pete would allow it. You know, as Probably a junior not. partner and a head of accounts, I don't think he'd let Ken get something like that. Here's the thing. Um, this is probably the best piece of work Pete has ever performed. When. Um, when Emil asks him, what do you do day to day? And uh, he totally just lays on the, uh, the kind of account man uh, ego pump. Oh, yeah. yeah. I thought this was one of Pete's best lines ever. This, is, this, this, this was the moment of Pete. Well done, you bastard. <laughs> now, uh, the other thing that happens uh, here that, that, that we see is uh, because Roger is stag... And so is Sally, as it were. Uh, they kind of become buddy-buddy, right? Yeah, no, Rod, Roger's very charming, adorable with her, you know, kind of walks her around the room uh, visually, you know, gives, yeah. it, gives her some names, gives her a little job. You're going to be uh, my helper. You know. Yeah, it really involves her, because this would not be, a, a, I think, an easy place to be an 11-year-old. I think she learns rather quickly that, that these, these things are boring. Right, absolutely. Yeah. I go to these things all the time. I don't know if I've told you this. Well, yeah, I mean, that's probably, what, lunch in the time life, Yeah, balls at night. <laughs> you guessed it. You guessed it, pal. Uh, can, we, can we hop over to the, uh, the ridiculously small table and dinner okay. at, uh, at Peggy's house? Yeah, sure. Let me point out one thing. She's got a picture of JFK hanging in the background. Right. As she should, first Catholic president. She's got uh, her mom there. Right. She's got a ham. Yep. And a Jew. There's a joke in there somewhere. That, that, that does sound like the beginning <laughs> of a joke, right? <laughs> now, if you look at the table, literally all that looks like was served is like four slices of ham. Right. I know the dinner's over, but... I'm, right. I, w- listen, I love ham too, John. Anyway, the, uh, the, the dinner's obviously over, and... Uh, um, Mama Mama Olson wants to get to the point. It's a long way back to Brooklyn, and uh, so they finally do. 
after Abe clears the table. And uh, Abe assures Mama Olsen that he'll take good care of Peggy when they move in together. Bum, bum, bum. Doesn't Man. go well. And again, not a surprise. She, uh, no, she I wants think her, we all she saw wants her cake back <laughs> because she doesn't want to celebrate them living in sin. No, uh, exactly. Says I, will I, not I, give I would a have, cake I would have preferred for you sin. to lie to me. And um, you know, Abe gracefully slides out to go get a cab. Uh-huh. And this is where, and again, the French pervades everywhere. We have uh-huh. the Parisian ballet in the background, um, but we have uh, you know. Peggy's like, look, I don't want to lie to you. I want you in my life. And she's like, look, why do you care what I think? But uh, she, she's not she's not supportive of this decision. She doesn't see this as a good life decision. She actually warns Peggy that this could be horrendous because Abe is going to simply use her for practice before now, moving here's the on. Thing. I'm not going to lie to you. Yep. I think Pe- Peggy's mom uh, was right and gave her some great advice. As far as Abe being a practicer? Yeah. All right. You know what I mean? Like, put up or shut up, pal. Right. That's right. my. That's that's just my thing. I put up or shut up. All right. I find myself shutting up a lot. And then we get to the cat advice. Oh, that's true, John. Now listen. Um, I don't know if you know this, but I have a cat. And uh, I am not lonely. <laughs> and and I and unfortunately, I still have twelve years to go. <laughs> with, with said cat so but, uh, yeah I mean Peggy's abs- looks absolutely crushed and again I can't say that we any of us are surprised I mean we know Catherine from our previous experiences and this is this is who I she mean, is let's remember what happened when Peggy wanted to move to Manhattan right John it's a slippery slope first you move to Manhattan right right then you move in with a Jew <laughs> seen then, it a hundred times then you start going to balls. Okay. Well, and, and we're, you know, we're back at our gala, if you will. Uh, we got Roger and little Sally Draper sitting there. Uh, again, just talking back and forth. Uh, she, she tells him to be quiet. He calls her a mean drunk. Yeah. And that well, elicits a, uh, a knowing glance and a chuckle from the Mrs. Calvay. Okay. We see Don get his nice award with... Uh, Two, the, I guess, the two uh, oldest people on the planet. Yeah. Good God! Here's Don, Don Draper and Mother and Father Time. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, you here's know. the thing, though. I just wanted to point this out. Uh, minute forty-one, uh, second forty-five. Um, Roger looks over at the firecracker. Yeah. And she's talking to some old lady, right? Right. And um, you, you know, there's that whole thing about how old ladies have purple hair. Yeah. Or blue or purple hair. Right. And I've never understood why. Did, did you research this? The blue hairs? Yeah. What's uh, no, with I, old ladies and purple blue hair? Well, I, I can't tell you for sure. I think this is something we could count on. Uh, the listeners are going to get back on me on this to, one. To help and I you with that. that. But, but uh, you know, we did see uh, you know, Roger get Sally the Shirley Temple to help taper her off the booze. Sure. And um, and then, you know, he goes and, and, I guess, rescues her from the blue hair, from the mm. old lady. And they, they really kind of give a great little back and forth. He talks more about his uh, recent experience. She talks about her past. A, uh, She's made a lot of mistakes, John. She kept making mistakes until she couldn't make any more. Right. And, uh, you know, Roger asks, where where was I on that day? Ah, ha, ha. 
probably making so a mistake far. by yourself somewhere, yeah. pal. <laughs> That's my guess. These two are made for each other. Oh, my. Oh, yes. Yes, oh, yes. Oh, my. As it were. Um, then we uh, go back to the table, and we have um, Megan and Sally and uh, Carl Marks. Carl. Hmm. And uh, uh, Sally goes to the bathroom, so Megan scoots over and uh, is talking to her father, who, for the first time, refuses to talk to her in French. Because she's changed. Because she's changed so much, John. So much. I mean, success is the worst. Well, and, and you know, again, this is, this is where, if you didn't get it at the office, you find out now that apparently she had some kind of drive, some ambition, something she wanted to be. Hint, um, hint. Which, you know, is, is, are we looking back at acting again? That seems to be the pervasive little nod. Uh, that we've gotten in several Here's previous the episodes. Here's yes. the thing, John. Who wouldn't be... Now listen, I know we have a lot of actors that listen to this show. I don't know that. Uh, but uh, what father wouldn't be happier that his daughter gave up acting to marry a rich guy and have a successful career? Well, right now we're assuming the acting. Perhaps there's some other... What, el- what, what else would there be, John? How many times have they dropped... dropped what? How many times have they dropped the acting hint on us? They have, they have. Like but I think a billion you, When you times, watch yeah. her walk with, with her leg, she could have been an excellent tight roper. So, I mean, there, there's other possibilities. I don't think so. All right. But, uh, but uh, yeah, so this is our little what? back and hold, forth. Hold that, on a second, Chad. What kind of legs do you need to be a tight rope walker? Well, they need, they need the taper, but not too much. And you need kind of those broad feet, those the French feet. They're webbed. That's true. You know, the guy that walked between the World Trade Center towers? Yep. French. Yep. Oh, my God. You're a genius. So, could that be it? Who knows? More to be revealed later. And then, speaking of more being revealed, we see poor Sally. Sally seems to have an issue with double doors and the bathroom. If you recall, she made this exact same mistake in the first episode. Walked into Don's bedroom. Well, she didn't didn't quite... She didn't quite walk into what she sees here. Not quite. Uh, not, 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 not quite. We're, we're really doing the, we're running the whole gambit of sexual jobs in this season. We, that's true. We've seen a lot of different uh, situations. Different job situ- situations, as it were. Um, yeah. Uh, so Sally Draper goes ahead and on her way to the bathroom. Now, John, you're, oh, I see what you're point, pointing out. I'm sorry, I missed your point. For some reason, Sally is convinced that the, the, the ladies' room always has huge double doors. That's what you were saying. I'm glad you picked up on that. I'm sorry, I'm a little slow. You know what? The Skype was crackling out. Cut me some slack. Uh, uh, but uh, when she does open the double doors at the end of the hallway, it turns out that Roger and, uh, and, and, and Firecracker are... Um, they're engaged in a intimate, uh, intimate interaction, uh, and we can leave it there. And S- Sally doesn't seem to be very excited. If, if at, you know, maybe a well, little I would, I would hope not. Put off. I think she. You I know. think it would be off-putting. Absolutely. I found it off-putting to be honest with you, John. I was not ready for that. No, I don't think anybody was. You know, and honestly, I think, of course, that one scene, I don't think Mad Men had had the disclaimers prior to this episode. And it came on twice during this hour. 
It did. It did. I remember that before the commercial break. Yeah, I mean, after the commercial break before this, uh, there was another disclaimer. I got to say, here's the thing. So there, there, were, there, were, there were two shots of said job. And I think we all knew what was happening in the first shot, right? Right. They cut back to Sally, and then they cut back to the job, as it were. And uh, they just make sure you get it. Yep. You know, I don't know. Did that need to be? I don't know. It's just, um, you know, it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. No, I, she did. She didn't. You know, I don't. I don't know what she, what she thought. I, you know, there's, there's, I, seeing something like this, this may have, you know, this I probably think she blew. saw enough to 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 learn what the French do. Right. I think you know. I I think this blew her mind. Indeed. She's probably yeah. thinking, "I'm glad I'm not French." There you go. I have to do that. And so, you know, so we go, so she walks away very um, distraught, and we go to the bar. At I the, think distraught at is, dis- distraught, is she's beyond distraught. She is beyond freaked distraught. out, man. Yes. She is freaked out. And so we, and we, uh, we get away from her for a moment. We see Don talking to Mr. Baxter, you know, had a corning, big shot, having a drink. And we see, we see another big shot across the room. And he sees Don wave and goes, look, you know, I'd take you over there, but I don't want to waste your time. And Don's like, what? What? He's on the board. He likes what I do. It's like, of course, you do great work. Everybody knows that. Nobody's going to work with you after that letter, after you bit the hand. Now, I guess I, I, don't, I, I, guess I don't quite follow. You know, I understand that he wrote it as an ad for their agency. Yeah. But he... He didn't bite the hand. The hand was no longer feeding him. There was no hand there. But I don't, I don't know if the 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 reader of the letter knew that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, we I knew do. that. What I, I actually I went back to course, the letter. Course, I read the course, letter. It's available online, yeah. and it actually does say in there, you know, that we have ended our agreement. But then it does say in the letter that they were released. So oh, I don't know. Okay. I mean, okay. I guess I guess I well, can see it as a cynical move, but either way, we find out that this this pseudo gold mine of business is not, in fact, a gold mine of business. And no. so we get to this just spectacular shot. We get like a little kind of Frenchy band music in the background. Uh, we get Don, Sally, Marie all come back to the table, and everyone is just miles away. Every single person at the table is in a different time zone, as far as their, you know, their gaze, their despair, you know, their realization of what life is. It's um, I, I thought it was really, you know, well shot. Well, here's the thing. Yeah, no, I think it's it, well. I mean, here's the thing. I don't, I wouldn't say it was well shot. It felt a little um, forced. Yeah, it felt a little forced to me. Like, oh, hey, wouldn't it be great if we did this shot where everyone sat at the table and we're miserable? Um, but here's the thing. Um, I don't know if Firecracker was that miserable. No, I think, you know, I think she was because she comes back from her little dalliance and now she's sitting with her, you know, failed Douche book writing. Husband. Yeah, you know, Karl Marx. Uh, so she's not, you know, she clearly she's not thrilled with that situation. Not um, at all. Now, I'll tell you a situation I'm not thrilled with, John. Yes, tell me. When you call Creepy Glenn and all he has on is a coat. Yeah, that was... What um, the F was this about? I mean, I guess you have to throw the coat on because the hallway is chilly. The hallway is a little drafty, John. I'm not going to lie. And um, it does not surprise me um, that Glenn would be sleeping in the buff 
um, even even with a roommate, um, <laughs> you got to let the other guy know where you stand. You know what I'm saying, John? Nope. Yeah, not really no. sure either. Uh, but uh, but yeah, he he said. Now is this where he he, he tells Sally that all the guys think that she's his girlfriend? Yep. And she goes, "No, I'm not." Yep. But she does kind of giggle a little. Right. He he, no, I'm not. Uh, you know. And then he uh, he asks, "Why are you whispering?" And uh, she says, "It's because I'm in Manhattan." And then tells him that it is indeed dirty. And that was that was it, you know. Quick cut, big, uh, you know, big spectacular ending. I guess you know a nice exclamation point on the episode. That was the show. That was the show, John. I'm exhausted. Great job. Whew! I can't believe we got through it, John. I tell you what, I've been nervous about doing this show all week. Well, I I think there was no need for your anxiety you because so? your performance was spectacular. Oh no, John! I tell you what, I I don't often say it, you carried this show. You really carried it this time. <laughs> oh, I was, stop! Uh, I was I was asleep at the wheel, as it were. I'm blushing. You should be, John. Did we get any mail? Oh my goodness, did we get mail? Okay, guys. So we're gonna get through this mail as fast as we can because we are getting shit tons of it. <laughs> uh, but so, and we love it. We appreciate it. Oh my God, we love it the most. And John is still, Dr. John is still writing back to all y'all, as it, as it were. Um, so I'm going to open the mailbag. Bum, 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 bum. All right. So this is what we got. Uh, we, we're going to go back to last week. I'm sorry, I missed a couple. Uh, but we'll, we'll get you our good friend, uh, the show, Phil from Florida. Phil. I uh, was talking about the last show. Thought the show was a triumph. Uh, good episode because of no Betty Sally. I uh, mm-hmm. liked seeing Roger back in form. He was getting back in form that last episode and uh, agreed with Paul about the water drops. Again, this was kind of the Pete Campbell episode. Uh, feel, feels that uh, Pete was trapped because he works and has his family. He's no longer in the city. Um, symbolizes the sound you might hear in isolation confinement. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Torture. Like Torture is like work. Long live the bugles. Of course. Phil in Florida, thank you. Uh, next one we got was from Tom, our dad, in... Uh, in Defiance, Ohio, the uh, <laughs> idea of universal freedom, equality, and brotherhood of man was one of Beethoven, uh, who it, the last sh- show we had the um, the Ninth Symphony, the Ode to Joy, uh, a tune that you know everybody knows because it talks about uh, humanity and equality, democracy, and says that Signal Thirty was the exact opposite: uh, vices, slavery, hate, and a fitting um, close to the end of the episode with that music uh thanks dad yeah uh we got another friend of the show denise from defiance gave us a little Mad Men update that uh, jessica Paré, one of people's most beautiful women in the world what now if i didn't if if, if 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 i'm mistaken she said that she didn't agree with that right i don't understand that john did did you did you find that a bit odd well uh, maybe like the teeth i don't know I don't have a problem with her. I think she's she's absolutely beautiful. She's an attractive woman. I... And congratulations to her and to Christina Hendricks making the list. We are uh, all about opinions on this show, though. So, uh, Denise, you are, you are welcome to yours. <laughs> we got one from a friend, Harvey. Big Lick, Virginia. Is that uh, a place? Big Lick? Big Lick. Yes, dear John, Paul, George, and Kate. Just a couple of things to chime in regarding the discussion on faraway places. Uh, now, this is, this is one we got quite a bit. I actually missed the movie last week, so I apologize for that. We were talking about the movie Peggy was at. Uh, They had been talking about a movie called The Naked Prey, a more of an adventure film. She was at a movie called Born Free, a more of a uh, uh, captured lion released into the wild 
type of movie. So uh, we got a few of those, and uh, we'll make a quick mention of them. But thank you for that. Uh, Peggy relies on the, uh, let's see, purple candy Don gave her as good luck. And we actually find out that Don's dad ate that purple candy. And you said it's disgusting. So well, I don't think is, we, need, we need to try got, any of that. It's in the mail to you right now. Uh, loves the show. Keep it up. Anna in Florida writes in, you two are the best. Paul does not sound like Crane. All right. And is a comic genius. Okay. Uh, Dr. John, be honest. Do you actually do the research or do you have your front desk or office manager do it? Well oh. done. My secret's out. Mm-hmm. Keep up uh, keep up the great work. Let us know if you podcast any other shows. I don't know. Do you think we'll podcast any other shows? I don't, I don't think so, John. I mean, of course we will. All right. Uh, we got one from John in California. Again, just kind of an update on the, the movie, Naked Prey versus Born Free. We got one from... Okay, so here's the thing. Last week we read a, a note on the iTunes that was complimentary of you. Oh, right, yeah. And, and Wait, no, hold on. Just because it was complimentary of me, you accused me of writing it. I did. I did. did. I, I really thought I had that one nailed. Do it, but would no. you like to apologize? I would. I apologize. Thank you. Uh, we, <laughs> our friend James, James uh, of the show, he, he writes back in and he says that if you uh, if you write a complimentary review of Paul, it's got a good chance of being read on the show. You bet it does. If you write a complimentary review of Paul, your identity will be questioned and you must make a stand to let your voice be heard. And if you don't take the time to read what you write aloud in the soothing bedside manner of Dr. John... You sound like you have a queer-ass man crush on Paul. Listen, guys, having a queer-ass man crush on me, uh, it's, that's fine. As long as, as long as you keep your distance, uh, uh, feel free. Yeah, always learning stuff from your, you guys. One other Paulism he's adopted is uh, using the nonspecific terms of the with a hey and a ho and a whatnot. Right. Like using that. Thank you for that. Sure. And I'd all, we'd like to thank, uh, thank James. We have a new editor-in-chief of Douche Magazine. Oh my uh, God! This was uh, amazing, John. This was fantastic. Uh, it's a delight. Um, we got to, so we have a new magazine cover available on the Facebook page. Please check it out. Great job, James. In fact, he also did an ad for the pants that you commented on. I hope you got to see that. Oh, the genie pants? Uh, no, the the um, the hand job pants. Oh <laughs> no, I didn't see it. I'm not on the Facebook, so I don't see it. I thought you could see it. You just are, aren't commenting. I'll check it out. I'll All right, it out. Uh, Colin Jackson Heights, New York. Um, you know, wanted to drop his line thinks that you do a good job. Kyle makes a fair point uh, between uh, Peggy and her child and the uh, the Ginsburg issue brought up the whole thing about adoption and uh, I made the comment uh, as far as real parents there was no intended slight that uh, real and biologic not the same thing. Adopted parents are fantastic and are you know all the real parent that uh, a lot of these kids need so um, we'll, we'll keep that in check and I, I blame you for not doing the editing. Wait, wait, uh, what did we do? Did we make, wait, what? Right, so, I, you know, I, refu- I refer to, uh, you know, biologic parent as real. And, you know, that's, that's maybe not the, the best way to Well, to I that. think we know how you meant it, John. I, I understand, but it's always you... good to clear some stuff up. Oh, my God. Uh, Speaking of balls, they're getting busted all over the place here. That's, that's all right. You know, these, these are uh, brass. So we got... Uh, <laughs> Go ahead. All right. Our, uh, our friend Ellen in Boulder, Colorado, uh, writes in, This week's show made me laugh so hard that if I had taken a big mouthful of orange sherbet before each joke, I would have spit it all over the table. Aardvark till next episode. Indeed. And John, in the, I, I, would, I, would like you to, I would like you to watch how you're saying sherbet, okay? <laughs> I'm sorry. I just want you to watch it. I'm sorry. Yes. Uh, but uh, better. Uh, so she had three things to offer. I like these better to get a cat than shack up with a hand-eating Jew. Don is apparently 
poison to major companies for biting the hand that fired him. Sally apparently not ready for the number of creepy fish dinners and behind-the-scenes jobs that are the essence of American Cancer Society galas. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> glad you got to debrief with creepy, deep-voiced Glenn. So uh, thank you for that, Ellen. We got uh, we got a friend from across the seas, Craig. Our friend Craig in Tokyo, Japan. Hey, yeah, uh, been a while. Actually, way back in season two, when he sent in his little uh, Dondi wipes package, which if you haven't seen it in a while, that was hysterical. Mm-hmm. Uh, still in Tokyo, still loving the recaps. They're actually, I guess, a contract issue out in uh, Japan. They couldn't watch seasons three and four uh, in real time, but uh, Craig has found a workaround and is now up to speed. Wanted to comment on faraway places. Um, and again, kind of gives me the, the update on the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so thank you for that. Balance of Power is, is switching this season in a lot of areas. Generation, sexes, socially. Sterling Cooper, Draper Price, hierarchy. Excited. Fun times ahead. Keep up the hilarious work. Hey, uh, sp- spread the word in Tokyo. Yeah, As man. far as I know. And if there's anybody else in Tokyo that's listening, uh, that's awesome. Send us a... Send us, just, all you have to do is say, hey, my name's whatever your name is. I'm from Tokyo. Cool. Uh, we got one, Margo in Indiana, uh, okay. writes in about the, uh, the the movie issue again, and uh, makes an analogy between Peggy and the lion cub, who was raised in captivity, released into the wild. You know, Peggy's being brought along, now she's got more power. Oh, kind I like, of it. I like a, it. a lioness, if you will. As it were, yeah. Uh, we got uh, one, this was, this was fascinating, one from uh, KLC, who writes in and says, I'm listening to the recap, clearly you guys have never used LSD. Uh, yes, that is a appropriate assessment. I have not. I can't speak for Paul. I have. I have not. I have not. And uh, I'm sorry. Let's just say I did a little research on the subject in the '90s, and uh, you used uh, some back then, and it gives us a little insight. That was fascinating. It says it's totally awesome the first time, but after not after the first time, not so much. The first high lasts about 12 to 16 hours, and you can't sleep when you're on it. One use of LSD can cause flashbacks even months later. Uh, where you can find yourself unexpectedly high, which isn't great when you're driving. And apparently windshield wipers would set this off. Um, It was years before I could sit in a room with white walls. Otherwise, I'd see all kinds of pictures. Um, And so I just, I thought that was pretty neat. So thank you, KLC. I've known other people that have done acid, as it were. Yeah. I've never heard anyone tell me that it's lasted for that much longer or that they've run into those situations. I'm going to start grilling people now. <laughs> okay. Well, you, yeah, you, you try and work on your uh, your questions there. Uh, mm-hmm. We got we got another Columbus, Ohio native. Dean writes in, gentlemen and Kate, if she's about. Thank you for the podcast. Came to Mad Men during the long hiatus, uh, and your podcast was a great way to fill the time between when I finished watching the episodes and the show resumed. Uh, great to hear that Columbus is so well represented. Learned a few things as well that. Uh, uh, if you trip an old lady, you're golden as long as you put her busted leg on a pillow. And if uh, you know if the new TV doesn't make your mom uh, take it easy that you're moving to the city, getting a nice Jewish boy to eat ham isn't going to get you the kind of approval that you want for a shacking up. Um, you know, he thought that Megan falling as Megan's mom falling asleep with the cigarette might have been foreshadowing that they were going to set the house on fire while watching the kids. Uh, <laughs> eh, maybe a tough one for the show to take. A little bit too dramatic, probably. And uh, we'd never know. Actually, he thought this was a great way to solve the Bobby problem. If it catches on fire, we'd never know how many Bobbies they'd use. They'd just place a kid under some bandages for the rest yeah. of the series. <laughs> they should do that anyway. <laughs> just an unexplained bandage to Bobby for the rest of the series. 
Uh, thanks so much for the show. Uh, did didn't hear it before, but now since somebody brought it up, Paul does sound like Crane. Sorry. Uh, Stop listening, pal. <laughs> you know what? Your email was going really well. <laughs> okay. Is that uh, it? No, no. We still got a few more. Okay. I know this. This is this is crazy. This is crazy. We got a few more. Um, we got uh, Aisha from Portland writes in. She gives us kind of her, uh, her her top ten, which we always appreciate. We'll usually try and get to a couple of them here. Um, says that uh, you know Sally's friend on the phone is just creepy. And I think we have to agree, Glenn is creepy. But they'll probably run away together someday. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, keep, keep Pete Campbell away from Sally. Agree with mm-hmm. that. And the Heinz B guy is a total dick. Okay. Yeah. All right. Ham face. Ham face. See, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of ham in this episode as well. Uh, Leslie writes in, says that the episode was so jam-packed with great scenes. I actually learned multiple things. Um, but uh, Roger was born with a bow tie, for example. Uh, and that Don bites the hand that feeds him. But more importantly, Manhattan is dirty. And thank you, Les- Leslie. It was Sans Shoes. Now, that's what her name on the iTunes is. We've actually had two uh, really, really nice reviews from her. So thank you. we appreciate that, Leslie. You're the best. Uh, I tell you what, we're getting towards the end. Couldn't leave out without Hug. Um, oh, Hug. Hug what up, buddy? Uh, nice job. down there in Florida. Nice job on the show of Dow- calling Dow Chemical out for making napalm. By, uh, by Matt, and uh, apparently they really did. They made napalm back in the day, uh, along with you know dishes and glassware. Uh, Paul, I was glad to hear you finally began to talk about your time as a warehouse worker. I thought you had really repressed your bad memories of all that time spent in Tennessee working in a brasserie warehouse for that French-owned company. Still not from Florida, Hugh. Uh, okay. I don't know. I'm a little lost, Hug. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we, got, we got Ken, who is from Florida, uh, okay. writes in and says, It's been a while since I have emailed, went through my own version of Don versus Betty Monster. But I will say my story is seeming to have a happier ending than Don, caught up on all the podcasts, and uh, got my own version of Megan hooked on Mad Men. We're watching every Sunday, and this Sunday, I, as I watched what uh, was left of little Sally's innocence stripped away by witnessing Sterling's gold getting polished by Megan's mom. <laughs> I learned three things. Some things never change unless it's the advertising campaign you were planning on pitching in the morning and the boss's wife has an idea. Then everything changes. Uh, taking LSD makes you sound like a 19-year-old liberal arts major who just read Anne Rind for the first time. And if you invite your uber-Catholic mother to dinner to tell her you're shacking up with your beatnik boyfriend and you think that it will go well, you have you're severe wrong. problems. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Keep up the good work. Uh, Paul, keep clinking the ice. Ken in Florida. Thank you, Ken. And last but definitely not least, uh, Jackson. Uh, Jackson writes in, Hey guys, long time listener, first time emailer. I just caught up on all my Mad Men episodes and all my Mad Men recap episodes. You guys seem puzzled at the Ken Peggy pact. Uh, remember, he leaves, she leaves, that thing that came up just at the beginning of the season. Uh, if we remember at the end of season four, they were the only two that really you know, showed the impetus to get new business. And so his thought is that that's kind of when that probably took place uh by the way douche magazine is that out of print actually jackson as you just heard no we got a brand new cover available on the facebook please check it out it's fantastic it and fantastic. that my friend is the mailbag oh my god all right well i tell you what i'm pretty sure there's no one left listening uh <laughs> and so i was going to make fun of uh make fun of carl again 
Um, <laughs> you just you can't do it. But I'm too tired. Maybe we'll make fun of him. No, uh, Carl wrote in on the comments to uh, to uh, apparently he was annoyed by the way we said Sherbert, which exact which is exactly the way Don was saying Sherbert in the episode. Right. So I'm not sure what he's complaining about, um, but he he seemed upset for some for some kitten's reason. Um, so what I did to alleviate um, uh, you know his his issues was I developed a, a, a special email address um, that he can use. And also, if you folks would like to use, it's, uh, it's uh, who gives a shit at madmenrecap.com. Um, if you have a uh, complaint that is not only kittens but worthless, go ahead and send that in. <laughs> and uh, the thing is, I set it up. It'll actually email you right back with a fart sound that you can listen to. <laughs> so... Uh, so Carl, I'm I'm sure I'm sure you have an abundance of fart sounds in your inbox, and uh, and if anyone else uh, wants to have some too, uh, feel free. So uh, it's uh, impressive you could uh, put that kind of effort in. Well done. Yes. Well done. Now, if you have something worthwhile to say, uh, you can always email us at staff at madmenrecap.com. That goes to John. He will uh, write you back. I also get to read them, uh, and I won't write you back. Um, we also have uh, the website, madmenrecap.com. Now that I do patrol, and you can leave a comment uh, just like Carl, or, um, or you can just, you know, listen to the show there and enjoy uh, what's going on. We have all our tweets there and a link to the Facebook page. That's right, a Facebook page. You can join our incredible community on our Facebook page. Just uh, look for our fan page, Man Madden Recap. And then, uh, lastly, uh, the, 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 the tweeters, uh, we've been live tweeting still, and uh, it is going great. We have, it is almost impossible for John and I and Kate to keep up. Um, we're having a great time. We get lots of people tweeting throughout the show. Even if you don't tweet, I would check it out just to read the hilarious things that people are saying. Um, just a heads up, I will not be tweeting this weekend. I have a uh, wedding to go to, and I don't think I'll be making it back in time. But Dr. John will be there. Tweeting his tweeter off, as it were. That's uh, right. Help, helping to police you folks as we try to break tweeter. Uh, <laughs> now, as you heard, one of, our, one of our favorite things is the iTunes reviews. If you really do love the show, and I don't know why you wouldn't, please take a moment to write us an iTunes review because that puts a smile on our faces that is so large. Sometimes my skin cracks, John. And then bleed a little. Oh, they got cream for that. Thank you. Is that, is that everything, John? We're done. Did I mention it all? This is like a six-hour episode. I'll talk to you later, man. All right. All right, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.